are you doing there, honey? I'm fine. How are you? Pretty good. Are you ready for more Bible? I am as ready as I'm going to be. Well, I am going to do a perfect rendition of it today. Of course. All right. There's, that'll be good. Yeah. Okay. Yep. I don't have to go through all that rigmarole. No, because then if you're, man, there's, there's quite a bit today. So if you just took care of it in your little intro here, that would be great. Okay. okay. So last time on the Bible, Jeho died. Jehor took power. Uh, he fucked up Judah. He got a ghost letter talking about how his ass is going to explode. Uh, and then starting out today, Jehor's ass explodes. <laughs> So far, we're good. Yes. Yes. Uh, then there was this uh, one dude named Erhem. Uh, he was at war with Israel. Uh, apparently, he's he like commands a nation or something like that. I'm not sure. Anyways, Elisha kept snitching on his particular war camps. And then um, er- Erham, he shit fire. Kind of like Jehor, but Jehor died when he did. This guy didn't. He just was really pissed off. Uh, uh, Ari of Ahim, I guess that's a country now, uh, ordered Elisha to be captured and waterboarded. Elisha then told God to blind Ari's men, and so God flashed his dong and blinded uh, his the, the Ari men with his uh, glorious shaft. <laughs> El- staff. you got to make it biblical. Staff. Staff. His glorious staff. Elisha then employs some social engineering and lies to the blinded soldiers who saw God's dong and eventually led them uh, to be waterboarded by Israel's king, Jorel. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my God, we're going to have to go through it. Shit. You already fucked it up. (laughs) (laughs) After the waterboarding, though, God opened their eyes and let them and, and had them let go. There's definitely no waterboarding. Uh, Ari then decided not to fuck with Israel anymore because fuck that shit. He waterboarded them while they were blind. He fed them. I mean, that was after the waterboarding. No. Fast forward about seven years or so. The woman that had the resurrected son that Elisha like creepily laid upon, uh, they return and get the house back as well as back wages. For some reason, it's just a random sort of side note in there, I guess. They wrote it in the margins. We're also not fast-forwarding seven years. This is just seven years after that okay, happens. you know what? what? I'm telling the story right now. Okay, oh, sorry. Naaman, Ares' commander, had leprosy, so he was falling apart. Uh, he <laughs> enslaved a girl and then, go, and then went to Samaria to get a cure for uh, leprosy. Uh, Jor-El, the king of Israel, overreacted to the leper warrior and stripped naked. Elisha heard that the king stripped naked and told him to calm his tits. Elisha sees the leper and decides that he doesn't have leprosy and is actually just really dirty. So he tells him to go take a bath and he's magically cured. But Naaman was pretty stingy about the dirt that he came with. So he requested that he have the dirt back. Uh, And then uh, Benghazi. I don't know if you guys remember Benghazi. (laughs) Benghazi, Elijah's servant, ran after Naaman and got some silver from him. Elisha asked Benghazi about this silver, and Benghazi lied. As we all know during Benghazi investigations, you just lie your ass off about it. Lies. Lies. Total lies. And was like, I don't know what the fuck you're talking about there, Elijah. And so Elijah got really pissed off and cursed. Oh, sorry. Elisha. Mm Elisha. In my head, that's what I, I said, but mm-hmm. that's not what I actually 
vocalized. I mean, does it really matter right nope. now? Nope. Uh, Elisha then cursed Benghazi and all of his fucking descendants. I'm guessing up until that whole Benghazi thing that we went through here with, uh, was that Clinton? I think that was Clinton. Yeah. So, uh. Cursed him with what? Oh, uh, I don't know. Probably. Oh, leprosy. I get that written down. (laughs) Cursed him with leprosy. So pretty much his entire lineage is just going to fall apart eventually. Um, and then there's some light cannibalism between two mothers who wanted to cut, who agreed to eat one baby, and then the other person got stingy and was like, we're not going to eat my baby. And what? That, Did you just say light cannibalism? Yep, light cannibalism. And then Jor-El, at, you know, hearing all of this, total drama queen, strips naked once again and threatens to kill Elisha. So Elisha prophesized in quotations prophesized that the famine that they're currently experiencing is going to come to an end of course he's just doing this to save his own skin uh the next day jor-el plundered the booty of a of an airy camp that's the the air air him whatever nation and uh then oh things got so crazy when the famine lifted a guy dies can you believe that he died he was trampled he did he did <laughs> oh man so this is a good podcast today it was really short i, I didn't make it the five minutes under the five minutes though so that's okay there's a lot of story you did miss a lot of things and you fucked a few things up yeah um we did hit some high points that were actually true but they were few and far between oh okay yes yeah, so we're gonna have to go through it all right I'll, I'll be there to let you guys know where i got certain things from i think you'll know uh, uh, okay What's up, heathens? How, How y'all, y'all doing? doing? So, obviously, we had words during the intro. I got shit wrong. <laughs> you know, she's going to have to correct me, apparently. Mm-hmm. So, let's let's just get to it, shall we? So, you did really well at the beginning, right? Last time Jehoshaphat died and he was the king of Judah. Um, and his son Jehoram took over remember they were co they were co-regents before mm-hmm. so now jehoram is ruling by himself well he acted like the kings of israel instead of like the kings of judah sinned led his people astray and he's dealing with the consequences which include foreigners invading his land and he does get the letter from elijah that's kind of mysterious that says that he will um suffer from let's see if i can read it let's see Uh, You will be very ill with a lingering disease of the bowels until the disease causes your bowels to come out. Okay. Yep. So. I mean, his ass explodes. Yeah. So obviously. Right. Obviously. So the first thing that happens today is the Lord afflicted Jehoram with an incurable disease of the bowels. He probably got it from Taco Bell. So y'all just be a little wary about that shit. Probably did not. I'm not sure that Taco Bell had made it to that Whatever Part the, of the earth at that particular whatever time. the Israelite version of it. I mean, instead of like tacos, Del they had pitas. Del Taco. Mm-hmm. That's what they probably had. No, it was probably like Papa Giro's or something like that. Or like Taco Tico. Maybe. I don't know. You ever had Taco Tico? No. There's a place called Taco Tico in Lexington, I think. I don't know. It used to be there. Anyway. They make you shit yourself to death? I mean, I don't know. I'm not dead, so no, but I, I've also not <laughs> 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 Anyway. All right. So. In Israel, 
Um, the king of Aram, which this is Syria, right? This is the area of the world that we're talking about right now is Syria. So the king of Aram was at war with Israel. After conferring with his officers, he said, I will set up my camp in such a place. Uh, well, such and such a place. He tells them a place to set up the camp. Well, the man of God, uh, who we're talking about right now is, 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 uh, Elisha. Elisha sent word to the king of Israel, beware of passing that place to such and such a place. We're not even saying the place because reasons, um, because the Arameans are going down there. So the king of Israel checked on the place indicated by the man of God. Time and time again, Elisha warned the king so that he was on his guard in such places. This enraged the king of Aram because then he could never like sneak up on, he couldn't hide from the king of Israel at all. So he summoned his officers and demanded of them, will you not tell me which, which of us is on the side of the king of Israel? Because he thought that there was a traitor um, in his midst, but it wasn't. It was the prophet, right? So he says, uh, one of his officers says, none of us, my lord, the king, but Elisha, the prophet who is in Israel, tells the king of Israel the very words you speak in your bedroom. Oh, mm-hmm. God's been watching him in his bedroom, guys. Uh, yeah, God or Elisha. Or, or uh, probably both. They yeah. were probably in the corner in the drapes. Yeah. Is that where you find Jesus when people ask him? Have you found Jesus? No, no, no. Normally Jesus is just behind the couch. Oh, okay. All right. So um, the king ordered his some of his men, go find out where he is so I can send men and capture him. The report came back. He is in Dothan. Then send horses and chariots and a strong force there. They went by, they went by night and surrounded the city. When the servant of the man of God got up and went out early the next morning, an army with horses and chariots had surrounded the city. Oh, my Lord, what shall we do? The servant asked. Don't be afraid, the prophet answered. Those who are with us are more than those who are with them. And Elisha prayed, O oh Lord, open his eyes so he may see. Then the Lord opened the servant's eyes and he looked and saw the hills full of horses and chariots of fire all around Elisha. As the enemy came down toward him, Elisha prayed to the Lord, strike these people with blindness. So he struck them with blindness as Elisha had asked. So now the men who came to get Elisha are blind, right? Mm -hmm. Elisha told them, these are the men who came for him. This is not the road and this is not the city. Follow me and I will lead you to the man you are looking for. So he kind of, you know, he's misdirecting them, Mm -hmm. but he took them to Samaria And after they entered the city, Elisha said, Lord, open the eyes of the men so they can see. Then the Lord opened their eyes and they looked and there they were inside Samaria. When the king of Israel saw them, he asked Elisha, shall I kill them, my father? Shall I kill them? Do not kill them, he answered. Would you kill men you have captured with your own sword or bow? Yeah. I mean, has he been reading the Bible? (laughs) Right? Um, Set food and water before them so that they may eat and drink and then go back to their master. So he prepared a great feast for them. And after they had finished eating and drinking, he sent them away and they returned to their master. So the bands from Aram stopped raiding Israel's territory. Yeah, because, I mean, you're not going to fuck with those kind of guys, right? Well, I mean, they sent sent them back to them. So Well, yeah, but they told them all the horrors of, like, God's dong and... (laughs) Being struck blind by it and everything. It's like, don't, we don't want to go over there and fuck with them. God will flash his junk at us again. <laughs> Nobody wants to get flashed. So, do you remember where that and, and 
end scene. All right. So we're, <laughs> mov- we're moving on. Um, do you remember the Shunammite woman who fed and housed Elisha when he was on the road and her son died and Elisha saved him? Yes. Yeah. Okay. It's, it's very confusing though, because you have Elijah who did the exact same thing with yes. a woman that he had a miraculous like food thing with. Yes. And so it's, it's very confusing between the two because they just pretty much copied. Yeah. Well, this is the Shunammite woman. Okay. And when, after he had done that, do you recall he told her, and this was in, uh, this is in second Kings that this happened. Um, and he told her, to leave where they lived because there was going to be a seven-year famine. Okay, well, now it's seven years later, (laughs) and she's back, right? She came back. So, at the end of seven years, she came back from the land of the Philistines and went to the king to beg for her house and land. The king was talking to Gehazi. (laughs) Gehazi. Not Ben-Ghazi. Ben-Ghazi. Gehazi, who is Elisha's servant, right? Um, and he said, tell me about all the great things Elisha had, has done. Just as Gehazi was telling the king how Elisha had restored to the, the dead to life, the woman whose son Elisha had brought back to life came to beg the king for her house and land. Gehazi said, this is the woman, my lord, the king. This is her son whom Elisha restored to life. The king asked the woman about it and she told him. Then he assigned an official to her case and said to him, Give back everything that belonged to her, including all the income from her land from the day she left the country until now. Okay. So, um, the reason this is kind of stuck in here is because, as most of you know, uh, this is, uh, the daily Bible is set in chronological order. Right. So that's why this is here. And now we're moving on to another different thing. Okay. okay. Um, but that happened in the timeline as best as they can put it, right? Right. Right here. Okay, so next. Uh, Naaman, here's a new character. So, Naaman was commander of the army of the king of Aram, all right? Mm-hmm. So, uh, the king in, in Syria. Right. Okay, Naaman. He was a great man in the sight of his master and highly regarded because through him, the Lord had given victory to Aram. He was a valiant soldier, but he had leprosy. Okay. Damn it. So, bands from Aram had gone out and taken captive a young girl from Israel, and she served Naaman's wife. She said to her mistress, if only my master would see the prophet who is in Samaria, he would cure him of his leprosy. So she's talking about Elisha. You know, I like how they portray here. Like, it's like, oh, we went out and conquered these people and we took a servant girl. Yeah. And now the servant girl's trying to help her new master. Yeah, they took, they took her captive. Yeah. So she's there. She is their property that they stole. Right. And probably killed her parent, her family. Right. And they only took her because she has not touched Dick. (laughs) Probably. Yes. That is accurate. Um, and so, but they make her out like she's part of the family and willing to help her master. Right. Mm -hmm. So. Uh, she tells her mistress of that. So Naaman went to his master, which is the king, right, of Aram, uh-huh. and told, which is uh, uh, Joram at this time is the king of Israel. Right. Um. So, oh wait, the girl. Oh, so sorry, the king of Aram is not Joram. I'm sorry. He went to the king of 
Aram. Um, and he said, I will send a letter to the king of Israel. By all means, go. So Nahum left, um, Naaman left, taking with him 10 talents of silver, 6,000 shekels of gold, and 10 sets of clothing. The letter that he took to the king of Israel read, with this letter, I am sending my servant Naaman to you so that you may cure him of his leprosy. As soon as the king of Israel read the letter, he tore his robes and said, am I God? Can I kill and bring back to life? Why does this fellow send someone to me to be cured of leprosy? See how he's trying to pick a quarrel with me? It's like he got super pissed because he sent him a leper to cure. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so I don't know how Elisha heard about this, I guess, prophet things, but they might send well, out a memo or whatever. Didn't he like go all dramatic and like tear his clothes? Yeah, that's anything? what I said. Oh, okay. Sorry. As soon as the king of Israel read the letter, he tore his robes and said. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Sorry. So... Elisha heard that the king of Israel had torn his robes and he sent him this message. I guess they sent out a memo. Calm your tits, good sir. <laughs> Why have you torn your robes? Have have the man come to me and he will know that there is a prophet in Israel. So Naaman went with his horses and chariots and stopped at the door of Elisha's house. Elisha sent a messenger to say to him, go wash yourself seven times in the Jordan and your flesh will be restored and you will be cleansed. But Naaman went away angry and said, I thought that he would surely come to me and stand and call on the name of the Lord his God and wave his hand over the spot and cure me of my leprosy. Are not uh, Abna and Farfar, Farpar, <laughs> Farpar, the rivers of Damascus, better than any of the waters of Israel? Couldn't I wash in them and be cleansed? So he turned and went off in a rage. He was basically mad that Elisha didn't come out himself and wave his hand and he was cured. That he had to actually go like wash himself. So Naaman's servants went to him and said, my father, if the prophet had told you to do some great thing, would you not have done it? How much more then when he tells you wash and be cleansed? So he went down and dipped himself in the Jordan seven times as the man of God had told him and his flesh was restored and became clean like that of a young boy. <laughs> yeah, because obviously he didn't really have leprosy. He just had fucking dirty he's, ass he's skin. Just, he's just dirty. <laughs> See, daddy, this is what happens when you don't bathe, but maybe once a year. <laughs> so... And Naaman and all of his attendants went back to the man of God. He stood before him and said, now I know that there is no God in all the world except Israel. Please accept now a gift from your servant. The prophet answered, as surely as the Lord lives whom I serve, I will not accept a thing. And even though Naaman urged him, he refused. If you will not, said Naaman, please let me your servant be given as much earth as a pair of mules can carry, for your servant will never again make burnt offerings and sacrifices to any other god but the Lord. But may the Lord forgive your servant for this one thing. When my master enters the temple of Rimmon to bow down, he is leaning on my arm, and I bow there also. When I bow down in the temple of Rimmon, may the Lord forgive your servant for this. Go in peace, Elisha said. So I'm not sure if he was trying to take the dirt to put in the tent, like in the temple. So when he kneels, he's kneeling on the dirt of Israel. Or I'm not really sure what the dirt was for. I'm probably I'm going to look that up because I don't really know. So let's see. After Naaman had traveled some distance, Gehazi, the servant of Elisha, the man of God, said to himself, my master was too easy on Naaman, this Aramean. 
by not accepting from him what he brought. As surely as the Lord lives, I will run after him and get something from him. So Gehazi hurried after Naaman. When Naaman saw him running toward him, he got down from the chariot to meet him. Is everything all right? He asked. Everything is all right, Gehazi answered. My master sent me to say, two young men from the company of prophets have just come to me from the hill country of Ephraim. Please give them a talent of silver and two sets of clothing. So Gehazi lies Mm -hmm. and tells him that he needs that and that that um elisha had sent him right to get it by all means take two talents said naaman he urged gehazi to accept them and then tied up two talents of silver and two bags with two sets of clothing he gave them to two of his servants and they carried them ahead of gehazi when gehazi came to the hill he took the things from the servants and placed and put them away in the house he sent the men away and they left then when he uh, then he went in and stood before his master, Elisha. Where have you been, Gehazi? Elisha asked. Your servant didn't go anywhere, Gehazi answered. But Elisha said to him, was not my spirit with you when the man got down from his chariot to meet you? Is this the time to take money or to accept clothes, olive groves, vineyards, flocks, herds, or men servants and maidservants? Naaman's leprosy will cling to you and your descendants forever. Then Gehazi went from Elisha's presence, and he was leprous, as white as snow. Damn. Yeah. I mean, d- I mean, condemning not only him, but all of his descendants. Like, how is that fair? It's like, oh, why you got leprosy? Dad was a fucker when he was alive. Dad? What about, like, my dad's ninth great-grandpa? Yeah. Like... <laughs> <laughs> Why you got leprosy? Well, you know, some people did some dip, dip shitty things in the past, and we're cursed. <laughs> they should go and see Bob Larson. <laughs> yeah, for sure. So, sometime later, and this is just a random verse. Uh, sometime later, Ben-Hadad, king of Aram, mobilized his entire army and marched up and laid siege on Samaria. <laughs> randomly. I like how in the Bible just randomly sieges happen. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So... There was a great famine in the city. We know that there has been famine for a long time, right? Um, it lasted so long that a donkey's head sold for 80 shekels, which is about, uh, uh, it, sorry, 80 shekels of silver, which is about 75 pounds of silver. Like, why Why are they selling donkey heads? Like, is that... Do, well, I mean, no, they don't mean their head, like, just a head, like a donkey. Oh, okay. Okay. Um, they count them in heads. Like, oh, I get it. They count their heads. Um, so, and a quarter of a cab, which is about two pounds of seed pods for five shekels. Um, so as the king of Israel was passing by on the wall, a woman cried to him, help me, my Lord, the king. The king replied, if the Lord does not help you, where can I get help for you from the threshing floor, from the wine press? Then he asked her, what's the matter? She answered, this woman said to me, give up your son so that we may eat him today and tomorrow we'll eat my son. So we cooked my son and ate him. <laughs> the next day, I said to her, give up your son so that we may eat him. But she had hidden him. Well, like, I mean, did you seriously have to eat a whole baby? Like, well, I don't know if it's a baby. It just says son. Oh, OK. Good point. Even then, if it's not a baby, like a, a full blown son. I mean, that's a lot of meat. Well, it might have been like a... It, I mean, it wasn't an individual person. It was probably a village or, you know, a group of people. Oh, okay. That would be my guess. So, anyway. um, When the king heard the woman's words, he tore his robes. 
As he went along the wall, the people looked, and there underneath he had sackcloth on his body. He said, May God deal with me, be it ever so severely, if the head of Elisha, son of Shaph- son of Shaphat remains on his shoulders today. So he threatens to kill Elisha. I mean, what the fuck? Like, it's not Elisha's fault that there's a famine. But Elisha is the man of God and he prophesied a a famine. So he could... Well, yeah, but even then, I mean, that's not Elisha. Well, no, but he also performs miracles. So it seems to the king like he could just fix this. That's, I mean, that's what it seems like to him, right? Right. But there's a reason that this is happening. Also, we just kind of blew past the whole cannibalism from the moms. Like, who just up and decides, like, oh, we'll eat my son tonight. We'll just eat our kids. There's also donkeys around. Like, I don't know, you're fucking gonna eat your kids. This is fucking weird. Yeah, nobody cares. The king doesn't care that they murdered and ate their children. Like, that's not a big deal. Right? He's just tired of this fucking famine. Like, (laughs) oh, there's women eating their sons. I mean, he's... No! He tore his clothes because he's upset that that happened. So it's not that he's... It's not that he doesn't care that that happened, but, like, they murdered a a child and cooked it and ate it. Like, that should be something that they should maybe be arrested for. Yeah. Well, I also like how God's not passing judgment on anybody for eating their own son. Yeah, no worries. Okay, so Elisha was sitting in his house, and the elders were sitting with him. The king sent a messenger ahead, but before he arrived, Elisha said to the elders, Don't you see how this murderer is sending someone to cut off my head? Look, when the messenger comes, shut the door and hold it shut against him. It is not the sound of his master. Is it is not the sound of his master's footsteps behind him? While he was still talking to them, the messenger came down to him, and the king said. This disaster is from the Lord. Why should I wait for the Lord any longer? Elisha said, hear the word of the Lord. This is what the Lord says about this time tomorrow. A sea of flour will sell for a shekel and two seahs of barley for a shekel at the gate of Samaria. The officer on whose arm the king was leaning said to the man of God, look, even if the Lord should open the floodgates of the heavens, could this happen? You will see it with your own eyes, answered Elisha, but you will not eat any of it. So what I take from this particular part is that the guard or the the soldier or whatever mm-hmm. questioned the word of the Lord. Uh-huh. And in return for questioning it, he is going to see it, but not be able to taste it for whatever reason. Yeah. So just it's cryptic. Right. Well, I mean, just. Take, take note how God is like, th- there, there was no punishment for the women for eating their child. Yeah. Right. But there is punishment for questioning the Lord. Of course. Um, also, he's going to cut off Elisha's head because Elisha, he thinks can fix it because he has a, you know, relationship with God. It's amazing how it takes that particular threat for, for Elisha to be like, hold up, I'm getting a prophecy. <laughs> There's going to be some food. There's going to be some food. It's going to be fine. No worries. So uh, there were four men with leprosy at the entrance of the city gate. They said to each other, why stay here until we die? If we say we'll go into the city, the famine is there and we'll die. And if we stay here, we will die. Let's go over there to the camp of the Arameans and surrender. If they spare us, we will live. If they kill us, then we will die. So this is their, they see this as their only chance to live. If they're spared, they'll get fed and it'll be fine. Right. So at dusk, they got up and went to the camp of the Arameans. When they reached the edge of the camp, not a man was there. 
For the Lord had caused the Arameans to hear the sound of chariots and horses and a great army. So they said to one another, look, the king of Israel has hired the Hittite and Egyptian kings to attack us. So they got up and fled at dusk and abandoned their tents and their horses and donkeys. They left the camp uh, as it was and ran for their lives. So it's interesting because they said the Lord made them hear these things Mm -hmm. so that they would just get up and run away for their lives. How the fuck do they know that? How would they know that? Do you think somebody stopped and scribbled a fucking note? <laughs> hey, we're leaving all our shit. Bye. <laughs> yeah. God heard- sent God sent chariots and shit. Yeah, uh, we heard some weird noises and we was like, oh, I'm getting the fuck out of here. And then now we're gone. Yeah. Have our stuff. Thank you. <laughs> I mean, it's just, it's weird. They, there's no way they would be able to know this is what happened. Um, okay, so. The men who had leprosy reached the edge of the camp and entered one of the tents. They ate and drank and carried away silver, gold, and clothes and went off and hid them. They returned and entered another tent and took some things from it and hid them also. They then said to each other, we're not doing right. This is a day of good news and we are keeping it to ourselves. If we wait until daylight, punishment will overtake us. Let's go at once and report this to the royal palace. So they went and called out to the city gatekeepers and told them, we went to the Aramean camp and not a man was there, not a sound of anyone, only tethered horses and donkeys. And the tents just left as they were. The gatekeeper shouted the news and it was reported within the palace. The king got up in the night and said to his officers, I will tell you what the Arameans have done to us. They know we are starving, so they have left the camp to hide in the countryside, thinking they will surely come out and then we will take them alive and get into the city. One of his officers answered, have some men take five of the horses that are left in the city. Their plight will be like that of all the Israelites left Uh, here. Yes, they will. They will only be like all the other Israelites who are doomed. So let us send them to find out what happened. So they selected two chariots with their horses and the king sent them after the Aramean army. He commanded the drivers, go and find out what has happened. They followed them as far as the Jordan and they found the whole road strewn with clothing and equipment that the Arameans had thrown away in their headlong fight. So the messengers returned and reported to the king and the people went out and plundered the camp of the Arameans. So a sea of flour sold for a shekel and two seahs of barley sold for a shekel, as the Lord had said. Good on you, Lord. Now. The king had put the officer on whose arm he leaned in charge of the gate. So this is the officer that questioned, right? And the people trampled him in the gateway and he died just as the man of God had foretold when the king had come down to his house. It happened as the man of God had said to the king about this time tomorrow, a sea of flour will sell for a shekel and two seahs of barley for a shekel at the gate of Samaria. The officer had said to the man of God, look, even if the Lord should open the floodgates of the heavens, could this happen? The man of God had replied, you will see it with your own eyes, but you will not eat any of it. And that is exactly what happened to him. For the people trampled him in the gateway and he died. Well, so let's get this straight. God kills a motherfucker for questioning him, but Mm -hmm. is perfectly fine, it seems, as far as his lack of judgment goes for women eating their own children. Mm -hmm. Okay. Yeah. So God is perfectly fine if you eat your own kid. Does that mean that he's okay with atheists? No. What? No. I thought we were the ones that ate babies. Well, yeah, but that's not why he doesn't like us. He doesn't like us because we don't believe. Oh, fuck. That's right. We. Yeah. I forget. It that has we... nothing to do with eating babies. I know. Yeah. So, next week on the Bible, <laughs> <laughs> um, we have a king. I mean, the ass-exploding king, right? 
Oh yeah. He he did. He did. Oh, he didn't die this time. He just had the ass exploding cancer. Yes. Okay. Okay. Um and so there's a new king. And he also does shitty things because, you know, that's how it works. So we're going to talk about that. We're going to talk about um, the king of um, Aram Ben-Hadad, right? We're going to talk about him some more um, because he's going to get dead too. Um, Let's see. We've got Joram. We're going to have Joram in the story again, who's the king of Israel, um, who is going to actually get attacked. Oh, we've got Jezebel back, back back next time. Oh, shit. Jezebel? Mm-hmm. What's that slutty bitch up to? <laughs> We're going to find out. All right. Um, we've got a massacre. Oh, yes. I love it when massacres just randomly happen. Uh-huh. We're going to have a lot of kings die. Like, we're going to have a lot of shit go down next week. He did. He a did. Lot, he did. A lot of royalty is going to die. So we've got all kinds of crazy shit happening next week. Wow. So, yeah. All right. So next week to find out who dies on game. Of, I mean, on the Bible, the Bible, uh, tune in, <laughs> tune in then to see who dies. And, uh, I, you know, I hope that you guys enjoyed this podcast. If you did leave us a comment down below with, uh, letting us know what's your favorite part. Was it the cannibalism part or was it the random death of, of the soldier for questioning God thing. Uh, what was your favorite part of the Bible this week? And make sure you smash that like button and subscribe. And don't forget to stand up and use your voice. Bye, heathen.